Hey, can you hear me, Paul? I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. That's fantastic. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to plug my mic in uh, since that might have uh, presented some kind of technical difficulties, but it says that we're recording, so uh, I'm going to leave it at that. And uh, for those people who wonder what the heck is going on, if the theme music isn't on correctly or whatever, we're uh, hooking up to a different platform so that we have greater clarity in our uh, podcasting. And welcome, everybody. This is Stan Wangland from Mind, Body, and Spirit. And I have a guest today with us. He's been on the show before. He's a great podcaster, really amazing cat, as I like to call him, something out of the 50s and 60s there. He is uh, a <laughs> renaissance man, uh, to be sure. And he's my good buddy, Paul James Caden. And you can catch him on the flip side, and the spirit side, with uh, Paul James Caden at uh, anchor.com and about seven or eight other um, platforms, as well as on YouTube. And he'll give a shout out to how you can reach him and where you can find him. So uh, with all that out of the way in a minute and 17 seconds, Paul, welcome. And thank you for joining the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. Always good to be There's here. a little bit. Talking on the. Uh... No, no, no. Oh, you go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I just got to say, good to be back on Mind Body. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of other things to, uh, to to go over in the coming months and years, hopefully. And if you haven't, uh, yeah, I don't I don't consider it a, a, any just pure promotion. Paul has some really fascinating um, podcasts uh, on a whole variety of subjects uh, on spirituality and, and and a whole host of other issues. So he's really a fascinating guy. And uh, check him out. Uh, one of the last podcasts I did was on resiliency. And um, it was very well received. A lot of people, uh, you know, really um, gave a shout out back and said, gee, that's very helpful, particularly around the uh, holiday time of the season. And uh, as you know, my pod site, uh, you know, as well as uh, Paul's, which is purely the spirit side, mine is mind, body and spirit. Uh, I don't like to just stick to the, uh, you know, mind and body part. Uh, it's also very important to get into the spiritual uh, dimensions of that. And who better uh, to be the expert here than my, my good buddy, uh, uh, Paul Cade, who uh, really is very knowledgeable when it comes to all matters. Spiritual is a tremendous, really a tremendous student of comparative religions on a um, theological basis and a sociological basis, uh, not a bunch of uh, you know, crazy talk uh, when it comes to that. And then Paul is, you know, out, out on the um, outlier areas and other things where, you know, it, it could be angels or, uh, you know, other spiritual events uh, where he's, you know, to the far end of, uh, of, of people in the middle ground with those kind of things. And by that, I'm not saying, you know, crazy or not relevant or anything else like that. He's, he's just a very interesting fellow. He covers the whole gamut of things. So I thought we'd look at um, resiliency today from a spiritual perspective. And uh, every once in a while, I might throw in some uh, other things. And uh, with that, uh, you know, in mind, what do you think, Paul? What, what, what do you think of the, um, you know, it's the holiday time coming up, but it's, uh, you know, it could be any time of the year. What are some really important things uh, that you think um, pe people should be aware of, you know, in terms of their spiritual resiliency? I think one of the big things is people need to make religion their own. You know, when you were talking about the comparative religion and just really uh, looking into a lot of uh, different things when it comes to spirituality. The big thing that I see is people who more or less let others define God or spirituality or religion for them. So it becomes very boxed in and it, and it, it, it doesn't become personal for them. They're, they're more or less following a list of rules that somebody else put out there for them in order to believe in God, you uh, you have to worship this way or pray this way or behave this mm -hmm. way. And I think that takes a lot of the joy. I think that takes a lot of the resiliency, a lot of the personalization out of, you know, relationship connecting to the mm -hmm. divine. 
So, you know, we're getting into the Christmas season and, you know, it's, it's the birth of the Christ. Uh, you know, most Christians uh, celebrate and think of the, the birth of the Christ on earth. And I always say, you know, look at it as being the, the birth of the Christ or the birth of the light in your own mm-hmm. heart. You know, make it your own, make your own relationship, you know, make, make this personal because that's really what's going to make the difference in the long haul here mm-hmm. in your spiritual mm-hmm. walk. But, but Paul, you know, when you say make religion your own, um, I always, uh, uh, what I struggle with with that, and I, I do agree with you, that, you know, you have to definitely, um, if you're religious or spiritual or whatever, and if you're going to be a serious student of that, uh, you know, you, you have to be well-read. You have to look at all the materials that are out there that you think applies to that. Do you think that people uh, cherry-pick things uh, in terms of spirituality and, it, it um, you know, they cherry-pick things to help you to resilient? Or sometimes you think that people cherry-pick things that hurt them being resilient? Oh, all the time. People always take little little bits of things and, you know, put it in their pocket, you know, and it, it, it kind of goes with their own little philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were, we were having a conversation the other night uh, about Buddhism mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, how many people who uh, may not believe in God at all or, you know, the atheists will uh, sign up for Buddhism because they, they feel that, well, it, they can have some form of spirituality, but not necessarily God or divinity. And they'll kind of claim that, you know, they, they cherry pick and then they, they, they claim that, well, Buddhism is an atheistic religion. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really not, you know, Buddha was the middle ground. He said, make up your own mm-hmm. mind. And, you know, so it's just an example of how, how people, you know, cherry pick certain things, whether it's out of the Bible or from Buddha or any religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go out and they misinterpret that religion to other people who get, get a wrong idea about it. Well, this person's too judgmental. Well, that's an atheistic religion. This is all hellfire, brimstone, and fear. And so it, it, it becomes uh, it becomes a way to really muddy the waters mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to spirituality and, and religion. And yeah, pe- people are notorious for you know picking out those little little tidbits and uh, running, running with mm-hmm. them. You, you know what I found? And I was wondering what your opinion on that. I, I was going over the other, the other night in another presentation on another, um, on another podcast, the uh, 10 traits of emotionally resilient people. And I knew you and I were going to be having this podcast uh, to do it. And I, and I wanted to, you know, bounce some ideas off your head or every time I have a conversation with you or other people about these things, one of the wonderful things about podcasting, it's kind of like being a critical thinker out loud with an audience. I, I mean, we're not coming in here with an answer for anybody. There's no one answer. You know, we're entertaining things uh, and then trying to figure out online uh, or, you know, on, on the air, you know, what makes that so. But I know that emotionally resilient people and people who are not codependent uh, people, people who are kind of healthy in their relationships with people, they know their boundaries. You know, they know where they end and where another person begins. And that's one of the chief things with resilient people. You know, they, they seem to know when to say no or when to say yes or where they begin and where they end. Obviously, I'm, I'm being repetitive. And it dawned on me the other day. I said, you know, gee, the same thing applies to, I, I think, spirituality. You need to know your boundaries. Uh, with things you need to know where you begin where you end where you know if you, if you believe in a, in a deity or some higher order of things or some spiritual arrangement of the universe it's important to know your place in it wouldn't you think uh yeah i, I definitely yeah think so. and and i guess where I'm, I'm coming from i was talking to somebody the other day and they were putting down one of the major religions and I, I know I've mentioned this to you before. I, I'm, I love, uh, you know, old movies, new movies, any kind of movies. I think film is a great way to educate people or have them think about things. And one of my favorite, um, it was a play. It was a movie. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, the play was written in, in my, it's a book. And it's Inherit the Wind. And uh, it's, you know, all about the Scopes Monkey Trial and, and, and you know, teaching evolution and everything else, else like that. But one of the nice things 
in that. One of the things I'll never forget that Spencer Tracy, the famous actor, is in there. Somebody's questioning him about his opponent, um, who was supposed to be William Jennings Bryan, the guy who wanted to prosecute against the evolution. The guy saying, what a big phony he was, that William Jennings Bryan, you know? And I can remember what Spencer Tracy says. Is he's portraying Clarence Darrow, the famous uh, attorney of the 19th century. And he said, he said, you know, Brady's problem was he looked for God up too high. And it just struck me. It tied right into this thing about knowing your boundaries. And when you and I have spoken, I think the deepest, uh, you know, spiritual experience I've ever had, I've maintained it uh, since I've had it, is a personal relationship with God. In, in my case, a, a personal relationship, uh, you know, with Jesus in terms of being a Christian. And that doesn't preclude other people from doing that. But it always reminds me of that. It makes me, I think, very spiritually resilient in the fact that I'm not looking for Jesus or God or the Holy Spirit. I'm not looking for them a million miles away. You know, I'm, I'm not looking uh, into some uh, mystical kind of thing. Um, it, it, you know, they're right down there with me, like I'm talking to you. They're right down here, right now. Personal relationship with things. And I wonder what you think about that. Do you think that's a, do you think that's a, a good way to look at things, uh, in, in your opinion? Does that you think that makes you more resilient, or do you think that uh, you, you have to be lost in uh, in wonderment? Yeah, I think it's one of the things that that people tend to quote a lot, but they glaze right over when it comes to. Uh, religion and spirituality mm -hmm. you know jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is within you that the kingdom of heaven is in your midst you know the bible is mm -hmm. in you uh, you know all of these things receiving uh the kingdom of god like a little child is not some complex uh you know mental or spiritual gymnastic thing that that you have to go mm -hmm. through and pe people know this but yet, you know, they do, they, they put God way out there and, you know, we're, we're here, you know, little, you know, little ants on, on the earth who can't possibly, uh, you know, attain to any kind of relationship or, or closeness with mm -hmm. God. And that, that really goes in all the religions. Even the Quran talks about, you know, God being closer to us mm -hmm. uh, than our jugular vein. He's right there with mm -hmm. us. Now, I know you just put out a podcast on that. You put one on the Torah and one on the Quran. Uh, I haven't had a chance to, to, to listen to those two. I, I was listening to the ones before that about the, the you know, uh, about the Bible and the truth of the Bible, you know, the word and all that kind of stuff. But go with that a little bit more. Uh, you know, people probably have, um, you know, who, who don't read the Quran. And I'm sure unless you're a Muslim, most people don't or unless you're studying comparative right. religions you would get the idea that everything in the Quran is about jihad or something like that. And what are, you, what are your opinions on that in terms of being spiritually resilient? Do you think the Quran is a good source of uh, resiliency for people? I think it is, but people have to. When I, I first read it, I actually watched a video on YouTube. It was a, a religious video. I had no idea that it had anything to do with, you know, the Islam view mm -hmm. on things. And it was about, I think it was about half hour long. And by the time we reached the end and, you know, that revealed, you know, this was from the Quran, this was from Islam, it wasn't a terrorist thing. And I was like, wow, that, that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And it, it prompted me to order a copy of the Quran. But I, I got a, it's like a study Bible. It has all the notes because the Quran isn't written like the Bible right. where it tells a story. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have to understand how it's written, why it, you know, why these things were written at what time period, mm -hmm. what it meant to the, to the early Muslims. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really not the book that many of us in the West here think that it is. And especially I, I really do enjoy uh, the Sufi Muslims. They're very, very mystical. They're, they respect all religions. Mm -hmm. They have a very high place for, for Jesus and their spirituality. Mm -hmm. You know, for most Muslims, I mean, of course, the the terrorist Muslims are more or less what would be our fundamentalist Christians. Everything is literal. Mm -hmm. We have to kill, we have to, you know, but most Muslims, you know, the Sufi or just the regular Muslim who's not looking to 
hurt anybody. They understood and have always understood jihad to be the kind of the battle within yourself, the spirit against the flesh, the right against mm-hmm. the wrong, you know, overcoming those lower tendencies within yourself. Right. Uh, and, you know, even the world around you, but not in a nonviolent way. So we have a very, um, a, a very distorted lens that we look at the Quran and mm-hmm. Islam through here mm-hmm. in, in the West. And, and there's a group of people out there now who call themselves Quranites. They've read wow. the Quran. They, they got something out of it. They believe it's from mm-hmm. God, but they, they dismiss all those other exterior writings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the Muslim religion brought into it, and and they're a very uh, interesting uh, group as well. So I say yes, the the Quran could definitely be a source of resilience uh, for people. So you know, I, I guess one thing that we've established so far on the uh, on the podcast, because this is about spiritual resilience, um, maybe taking my little theme of knowing your boundaries, and with your uh, comments, is that part of knowing your boundaries is to doing just a little bit of studying having a desire, uh, you know, to not just follow something blindly uh, or just, uh, you know, believe in something just because somebody told you to do that. But to, uh, you know, if you're going to be a Christian, to actually read the Bible, go to church, get some instruction, whatever it is, uh, you know, do some work with comparative religions a little bit out of, uh, you know, it's for yourself, it's for yourself to have an idea of, you know, where you're at in the center of the universe, what, you know, some of your belief systems are. And when they're a little bit clearer to you, uh, they're a little bit easier to support. And they're probably more effective, just like if you have a, a way of exercising or dieting or doing something for your health. It's always a lot more effective when you've done a little bit of studying, a little bit of work in it. Uh, how about the idea that ties into that? And you mentioned that we've talked about this before of rituals and resilience. Now, I just said to you, you know, uh, for me, I like to, to view, um, you know, uh, you know, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit right here, right now, right with me, where I can talk to him, touch him, whatever it is. But at the same time, I have um, a whole bunch of rituals uh, that I love to practice that, that, you know, they're like out of respect or whatever. Uh, they, they do take on a magical, superstitious quality to them. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But to me, they're very, very comforting. I love, I have like a little, uh, a little shrine that I've had. I actually, I, you know, read in a, in a book on meditation and, and other things years ago. It had nothing to do with religion. And said it was very powerful to have a little shrine to the things and people that you love, to have positive spirits, you know, kind of like a mezuzah on the door. You kiss it when you leave and kiss it when you come home. Uh, that kind of thing. And I have little candles and little pictures and little things like that. And it, it, um, little religious things and uh, things that mean things to me. And, uh, on a good day, I, I like to spend a few moments there and in times when they're tough, uh, the same thing. And it's, it's a very comforting so- source to me. Um, uh, it, it feels like, uh, it's this, this little beautiful little custom that I have. Uh, this little paying respect, uh, you know, uh, to the things that I believe in. What do you think about that, the the ritualization of things? Yeah, it's important, and people have always known it's important, you know, throughout history. Mm -hmm. Most people will say, you know, they call them the outer forms of religion with the, the candles and the statues and, you know, maybe the the robes in a certain way that we dress Mm -hmm. and the the problem is a lot of people again with religion you know they they let others kind of dictate to them well you need these things yeah that's a good see i'm glad i asked you because i don't need them i like them yeah yeah and when you use them like like you do or like i do where they become uh reminders Mm -hmm. of you know god spirit jesus our departed loved ones it very much does strengthen strengthen our faith, our belief. It brings a sense of comfort, and it's a very powerful thing. And I I believe that's what it's there for. It's not there to be an idol or to be God that we don't feel we can make connection without that statue, without that robe, without mm-hmm. that little hat on our head, yeah, or whatever yeah, it may sure. be. But uh, you know, it it certainly strengthens our our faith and 
it does. It, it, it does something when you spend time with something like that. It, it, it definitely does have uh, an effect on the way you think, the way you live, the way you mm -hmm. feel. And there's this purpose when it does that. I, I wish, and I, I, I don't have that, but it's really funny. I guess if I could, <laughs> people who are listening to this podcast, uh, I do have more than two people who listen to it are going to say, what in the <laughs> hell? I never knew this about Stan. What happened to him? Has he lost his mind? <laughs> I haven't lost my mind, Funk. So if you've read A Christmas Carol, I, I haven't lost my senses. I've come to my senses. But I'm sharing these things with you. Uh, and I'm glad I can laugh with Paul on the phone because you see so many people are so dour when it comes to spirituality, you know? They're so friggin' dour with it. They're so nasty and, and, and looking for all the don'ts and don'ts. My goodness gracious. Uh, you know, I'm not going to dare speak for other religions, but if you're a Christian... Um, uh, and this is not the Christian Life Network, but I am a Christian. We are talking about spirituality here. It's supposed to be the good news, right? The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd, the good news, the good Samaritan. It's not about locking people out at the borders or tear gassing anybody or if the apocalypse is coming to shotgun somebody and lock the doors and, you know, have food in the basement for yourself. I, I think Paul would agree with me on that. It's good stuff. Uh, what I was going to say, and then I started laughing uh, myself, and I want to ask Paul what some of his rituals might be, because I don't know what they are. But if I could, I like the Eastern Orthodox thing. I would be having one of those um, incense things that you swing in a little. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love definitely. that. I love that kind of shit. You know, uh, and did I really say that I love that kind of shit? I just do. I love it. It's just, you, it, you did. I, it just. <laughs> You know, that smoke goes up there, the, uh, you know, the metaphor or whatever you want to call it. It's just, it, 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 it just gets so, um, it just gets so beautiful. You know, it's like when you see a Native American ceremony and people are beating drums and, you know, uh, you know, with, uh, they have spirits and feathers and things and dancing and chanting, or you, you go to a Baptist church, you know, and, um, and, and you see, um, you know, particularly with African-Americans and, people just getting down and just being joyous with different rituals. They're beautiful. They're beautiful things. So, you know, and they make you feel good. They make you feel resilient. What, what are the, what are the rituals you have, Paul? What are some you could suggest to somebody who wants a ritual also? And they might be some mild ones to start off with before you become a nut like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that kind of shit really is awesome. <laughs> But, nice to talk um, about spirituality like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to um, add a quick comment when you were saying people being dour about mm -hmm. religion. It, it, that kind of goes with the same thing, people being dictated to mm -hmm. how to practice the religion and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And there's also a couple different sides to that one. When I was in the, the whole really evangelical fundamentalist mm -hmm. movement, they, they also dictated to us how other religions were, and, and it was all wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether they were just misguided or they, they just blatantly lied because, hey, don't look over there. You know, keep your money here in our, our offering plates or whatever the case may be. But also people who may not be religious, they, they see these kooks running around and they get a very um, distorted view of what spirituality and religion and ritual is. We that all comes under the heading making it our own studying researching being op open-minded you don't take anybody's word uh, for anything mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of uh, uh frankly a lot, a lot of trash out there when it comes to uh how people spread religion or even practice the religion it's it's mm -hmm. terrible but, you um, know you know what's a good what's a good uh, well I, I wanted you, what are some, what are some rituals that you have, Paul? And if you don't, you don't have to share them if you don't want to, but if you do, you can maybe share a few. And what might be some good ones for, for people to start out with? Some simple ones. Mine are very, very simple. I, I meditate okay. a lot. I find that to be very, very much a, a ritual. You know, I'll go in my room, I'll have a little table in front of the chair. I might have uh, a statue of Jesus or Buddha or an angel with, with a candle. And I just 
meditate, mm-hmm. you know, meditate on the presence of God or uh, the vastness of the universe. There's no limit to what you can uh, meditate on when it comes to mm-hmm. that. Sometimes, sometimes much like the, uh, the church thing you were talking about, I do have certain uh, little, little oils that people would have, you know, religious oils. Oh, yeah. and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of concentrate on something like, well, gee, you know, if, if Stan is not feeling mm-hmm. well, uh, you know, maybe I want to say a, a prayer for him or meditate for him, uh, you know, getting better, sending good energy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just, yeah, I'll just kind of say a little prayer and put some of that, that oil on a little candle and light it and let it burn, you know, on my little altar with some of my uh, angel statues or, mm-hmm. or whatever I might have. So very simple things, nothing, nothing overly uh, dramatic that I mm-hmm. do, but they're little meaningful things that bring that extra something into, you know, my spirituality. Yeah, I like to wear a plain, uh, I have a very plain little gold cross that I wear that I, that I really enjoy. And they have a wonderful bookstore in the area here, Arrowhead. Uh, it's a Christian bookstore. And uh, uh, I, I like to get the little, uh, those little rubber bracelets that people have mm-hmm. and it might have a little quote or something on it or whatever. It just makes me feel good having one on my hand. As a matter of fact, I had one that just split uh, my favorite one I've had for years and I couldn't repair it. Obviously it's just, uh, it's as crazy as it sounds. It's just uh, it's just a nice thing. And I can't tell you how many times uh, I was getting my blood taken uh, at the doctor's office and uh, the gal who's in there doing that all the time to me. Um, she looks like a nice enough person. She's always sweet to me and everything. But she, when I lifted up my arm, she saw that and she says, hey, very nice. And I knew you were a good guy. And not that that makes you a good guy. It's just a funny thing, you know, little rituals. They're important. You, you think they're not important to other people. They are. You know, they're, they, they can, you know, they're important to you. They're, they're you know, important to other folks. So I, I guess the point being uh, is, uh, and I hope I didn't interrupt you there too much, Paul, or talk over you, but, uh, you know, you take a simple ritual. It could be a candle. It could be a little meditation. It could be whatever. I know I started uh, volunteering over the two, two of the local hospitals, and, and uh, I'm in, uh, you know, I've been a psychologist my entire life. I went to do something a little bit above and beyond that. So I work in the pastoral services. That's the equivalent of the chaplaincy. And uh, that's kind of a... A strange thing when you when you walk up to somebody and then when you tell them that in the beginning they're you know they're expecting you to start doing a Billy Graham on them, which is is what we don't do. But uh, my wife, who is a devout atheist, <laughs> I mean I complete I mean completely, uh, which is hysterical, and she's probably one of the best Christians I've ever seen, uh, you know, in her behavior. Uh, but all that that joking aside, she was saying, "How did you enjoy things? Uh, you know, your your first couple of times there." And I said, oh, it's great. And right next to my office that they provide me with there is the chapel, which, of course, not many people are in. Uh, So before I go on my rounds, I I go in there and I just sit down for a minute. And I was telling her that. And she says, what do you do? Like, you know, pray or something like that? I said, not really. I said, I know you don't believe me, but uh, you also know I'm not crazy. I said, uh, uh, I I just, you know, kind of talk to God for a second and say, I'm here to do your work here today who do you want me to go see and i said it's kind of like her favorite show is uh, ncis with mark Harmon, and he uh-huh. used to do that thing to the guy where he hits him on the head when he says go out and you know get to catch the bad guys or whatever and mark Harmon hits this guy on the head all the time a little and he says go out again it's kind of the same thing i just sit there and you know and uh, I, I just take that meditation that you would say in a very realistic way and then um, you know God just tells me, he pops me on the back of the head and says, go out there and uh, I'll lead you to him. And I, I think that's marvelous that I can, I'm not saying, it's just, it's hard to believe, but it's real. That's exactly how it works. I mean, I'm not in some delusional system. I don't think anybody's, you know, talking through me or I have any special <laughs> supreme powers or anything else like that. None of that that kind of kooky stuff that you might need to see somebody like me or a psychiatrist for, but uh it's, it's just very real. And that ritual of sitting down quietly with the stained glass windows and all the different religious symbols of, you know, all the different religions of the, uh, of our culture is very, uh, it just makes me feel very resilient when I see people who are very, very sick and in a lot of pain. 
that's a hard thing. It's hard for them. And it's hard for a person like me to see that uh, because they're good people. So anyway, rituals can be important. How about uh, in terms of keeping good company, Paul, uh, do you have any tips for that? Because if you, when you, you know, uh, if, if you want to be a resilient person, it, it, you know, you don't want to be around toxic people. A lot of the time, you don't want to be around people, you know, naysaying things and putting you down and, and bringing in wrong directions. How about what kind of, how do you, how does that fit into spiritual resiliency? Being around the right kind of people or good people, keeping good company. You have to learn when to say when. Hmm. Uh, there's an awful lot of toxic people uh, in the world today, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And the good one, the good ones aren't easy to come by. Mm-hmm. And when we say toxic people, there, there's even people that they may not be so much negative or fighting or argumentative or anything like that, but. You know, there's the kind of people that just come around when they they want something. Mm-hmm. You know, you really don't mean anything to them, but they come around when they need something, want something, or they have nothing better mm-hmm. to do, and they kind of drain your energy. And they're the kind of people that make you feel guilty to say mm-hmm. no if they ask a favor and you don't really want to do. It. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know. All these kind of people, it's like you said, you have to know where you, you know, another person ends and you mm-hmm. begin. It's it's okay to say no. It's okay to uh, right. not go around these kind of people because they do. They they can drag us down. They can start making us feel negative, aggravated, mad, resentful. Mm-hmm. And if if someone is having that kind of effect on our lives, I'm all for. I'm a very open person. I will let somebody know. Hey, you know, I'm really not uh, digging what's going on here. We we need to fix mm-hmm. this. And if they don't do it or they just give lip service and then go back to the same argumentative or using or draining behavior, then you have to do what you have Mm -hmm. to do to because that kind of thing can not only have an effect on your 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 own mind, your own attitude. But, you know, I feel that it can affect your health all Mm -hmm. the way around mentally, physically. It it can really it can really drag Mm -hmm. you down. You know, the spiritual side of you is so important, uh, you know, just you know, that's why my side, I mean, it, that's that's modern 21st century psychology uh, and, you know, mind, body and spirit. You don't you don't take the spiritual part out of the mind and body uh, portion of it. And when you start messing with somebody's uh, mind, you can start messing with their body and you can start messing with how they perceive spiritual things. And the same way with any of the other things. When you start messing with somebody's spirituality and you start putting in uh, a lot of misinformation and, and, and uh, you know, into somebody's head, it, it spins over. And instead of becoming resilient, instead of you becoming um, uh, whatever your faith is, becoming um, a worker uh, and a good steward on behalf of your faith, you become a negative influence on other people and, uh, you know, and yourself. And so, you know, trying to um, limit yourself with other people like that in the spiritual dimension is, uh, I'm glad you agree with that. I think it's important. It doesn't mean that you don't agree with people spiritually, at least in my mind. I mean, I don't, I, nobody has to agree with me on anything. That's why I have a personal relationship uh, with God. Uh, you know, it's personal. Uh, that's between me and, uh, you know, my maker uh, and yours and, yep. here, and here's okay. one I, I, I want to sure. steal the I want to steal the host mic away from sure. you for a minute and 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 flip this. You just said something that made me think spiritual resilience. A lot of people they lack that because they're not sure they're on the right path because there's an awful lot of religions that point the finger and say, "Hey, well, if you're not our religion, you have the wrong right. religion." you're going to hell, you're not pleasing to God. And that, that, that can definitely suck the peace, the joy, the resilience out of a person, putting them in hell, mm-hmm. afraid they're going to go to hell when they die, even though they, they try to be a good right. person. What, did you, what is your take on that? Do you, do you think there's only one way to God? Do you think that that's kind of a bunch of 
uh, kind of malarkey when, when people get very legalistic about it, our way or no way. What's your take? We on had that? that conversation the other day. We were talking about that. And that's one where I think it's great. And I think I answered that in a Christmas carol where sometimes you don't need to know all the answers. I don't know the answer to that question. I know that if I read um, the New Testament, it says, you know, you know, the, the, the way to the father is through me. And you you can interpret that. But I also know those things were those books were written by other people, that they're written in the particular light of, of people practicing this religion, you know, or uh, or going to be affected by that. Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. As a human being, it doesn't mean it doesn't make a lot of sense that there would only be one way. And I know that there are fact sheets where that's answered by all the by many of the fundamental sects as well as others. You know, they give answers for that question. But uh, I'm comfortable with saying, I don't know, it, that it doesn't feel like that that's the answer. Uh, and um, I, I couldn't picture the, the God, the deity that I know, practicing that. I think it's, you know, I think that those kind of statements that this is the only religion, I think that applies to the fact that if you've been chosen or somebody's, you know, to be a to be offered that part of religion, uh, you know, m maybe that's applicable in some way. You know what I'm trying to say? I, I really don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense as a human being on a, on, a, uh, on, a, on a level like that. But on a metaphysical level, who the heck knows? Uh, I don't worry about that stuff. Uh, because, you know, if, if I wanted to practice a different religion, I would feel perfectly comfortable doing that. You know? That didn't answer your question, did it? <laughs> well, I, w I wanted you to. It's a uh, tough one. Yeah, the best. The best well, you could and I don't have the answer. There's something that says. There's something that 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 says to me that that in, in Christianity the best thing is the is the the parable of the sower. Some of the words are going to fall on fertile ground. Some of the words are going to fall on non fertile ground, and and some of them are going to be so so. You know. And uh, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Uh, what, what about all the people before this? What about the, you know, all the people in other parts of the world that uh, there's just no possible way that this message could be provided to them, you know? How, do, how does it take into account that? So it, it, somehow or another, it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel right to me. I think it's when you're presented with a willing or I think this idea of being the, the one way is when you say that you want to be involved in this religion and then the word hasn't really hit you, um, hit you fully. You're not fertile ground. And right. that may be a cop out. I really don't know. I don't have a good answer for that question. The, the thing I say about that is... And again, in the, the large eternal scheme of things, maybe I'm wrong, maybe, maybe I'm not. But when it comes, when you, you mentioned the Bible, mm -hmm. when Jesus said, you know, the way to the Father is through me, uh, the series, uh, the podcast I did on, on my show about the Bible, what we're really not sure what a lot of the words of Jesus were in the mm -hmm. Gospels and what was added mm -hmm. on by, you know, the Roman church or whomever. So it can be a bit confusing. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't see God being, uh, you know, a deity that's going to hurl people into hell just because they were good Muslims or good Buddhists or good whatever they mm -hmm. may be. And I think also taking a little bit of a scientific approach when you you really dig into the near death experience or even there we go the the, the death the deathbed mm -hmm. visions that people have, you know, on their deathbed and people of all religions and even atheists have had the very positive experience with the beings of light or they call angels or seeing the light uh, and saying, Oh, it's very beautiful over there before they pass. So to me, those things kind of point more toward it's, it's what's in your heart. Are you a good person? Even if you don't have it all right, are, are you teachable and, and willing to learn uh, in the next dimension of life, whatever that may be and wherever that is? 
Uh, I don't think it's so much, you know, what badge we have on our shirt that says, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim, I'm, I'm Jewish or whatever the case may be. I'm sorry, Paul, I had a, a call coming in I, uh, on, on this line. <laughs> See, folks, we're a live show or a mom and pop organization. We can't uh, knock that out. But did you get a chance to finish your thought? I did. I did. I, I was just saying that uh, yeah, I don't think it's much matters what badge we have on our shirt of uh, what religion we are. Uh, the near-death experience, uh, you know, people that had NDEs or the, the deathbed visions, people of all faiths, even atheists have had the very positive uh, experience of the beings of light, seeing the light or saying it's very beautiful over there or I'm going home. So I think those things uh, show us that it, it's what's in our heart that matters, not so much the label we put on ourselves. And and I also think God is much better than we are. A lot of times, a lot of times people make God in their own image rather than us in God's image. And there, there's so much nonsense. And we talked about before misinformation about religion here in the world and even tamperings with the Bible. A lot of people don't like, don't like to admit that or to think about that, but it's, it's a fact. And, and if we have some things right or some things wrong or even most of it wrong, uh, I don't think anybody, you know, up there, out there, wherever, you know, heaven or nirvana or paradise may be, uh, I don't think he's going to be looking at us, uh, holding it against us so much because he knows there's, frankly, a lot of crap to muddle mm -hmm. through here in this world of, of so much nonsense. We're, we're not going to have all the answers. We're not going to have it all right. And I, and I think that's understood. See, I, and I'm glad what we discussed this, and, and I hope people didn't become turned off by that. I mean, by you know, by, by all the different, you know, by definitive uh, people like uh, definitive answers on things. And uh, one of the things with people who are resilient is they practice acceptance of things. Uh, you know, it's, it's what I love about, uh, you know, the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, you know, there's a time for all things. When you ask me that question, you know, uh, about is this the only way to get to heaven or, you know, an afterlife or whatever. And I said, I don't know. Uh, if that was a psychological question, I guess I would be bent out of shape about it. I would like to know the answer, but I could be in acceptance with that. With spirituality, I understand that's such a profound thing. Uh, there's so much to that. I feel very resilient with, with those things. It's not where I'm in denial or don't need an answer. I don't need an answer for everything. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I can, I can handle acceptance. You know, my daughter has passed away. Uh, you know, I've mentioned that several times before. My house has flooded twice. My parents got dementia. Uh, they're not fun things to deal with in life. A lot of that happened all at once. I don't sit there and say, uh, you know, why did that happen to me? Why, why did she die? Why did my house flood? Why didn't Paul's house flood? I'm a good guy. I've been helping people all my life. Why does that happen to my kids? I, I, I feel very res resilient that, that, you know, that wasn't done to me for a particular reason. I mean, does that make sense with what I'm saying in terms of the same kind of acceptance of things? Um, I, I don't need an answer for everything. It's, it's not, uh, it's not uh, critical. And uh, I, I think it makes a very easy, positive, resilient um, kind of experience on a spiritual level. I can, can feel very, very good. I can cope with things in a very good way. It's, it's, in my, it's my main tool in an arsenal of handling life and being a better person, my spirituality. That's what, you know, hopefully works for me. But uh, before we run out of time here, uh, which we're really traveling along here, uh, we're going to have to end up shortly, uh, but you'll come back on again for part two, won't you, Paul? Oh, definitely. Uh, There's nothing to be said. Oh, yeah, we, we just uh, touched the ice. And um, again, this is not a psychological or a self-help thing on exercise or, you know, a diet, you know, a diet. This is, this is something on your spiritual side, folks. Uh, you know, for those people who follow our podcast, this is something, uh, you know, uh, on that spiritual side. But 
How about uh, in terms of self-reliance um, and spirituality, how about this idea of self-awareness? Uh, I know it's very important for me to, to be aware of things when it relates to my heart because I have a stent or my back because I have uh, some disc problems or other things in life, you know. How about with spirituality? What are some things that we need to be self-aware of, Paul, in your opinion? I think we covered some nice ones right here. I think making it your own, not believing everybody else's uh, stories about religion or what is the right way or the wrong way. Uh, be comfortable, you know, in your own skin. Certainly weird, uh, weed fear out. If, if you have fear of any kind, fear of God, fear I'm on the wrong path, fear of uh, anything like that in spirituality, that's, that's really going to nail your feet to the ground. You know, you're not going to get far down the road of faith and joy and just having this be in a, uh, a liberating experience. You know, also be aware, like you said, don't be open-minded what, what other people think, what other people mm -hmm. believe, you know, you might be right. They might be wrong or, or, or vice mm -hmm. versa, but everybody, you, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, what their journey mm -hmm. has been. Through their life, I, I the the biggest thing to be aware of is just respecting other people, love, and your own inner peace. If you can maintain those those three, then you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I know that uh, a suggestion I would make for people, but again, once again, in a healthy way. Um, uh, to be aware of, uh, of your physical needs, that's your body, you know, be aware of how you're feeling, if something's right or not right, or things that need to be corrected. Definitely be aware of, uh, of your mental needs. Uh, you know, we've gone over a lot of th things so far in this series of podcasts, whether you're thinking irrationally, whether you're perceiving things correctly, whether you're behaving um, and feeling things uh, that seem to be appropriate or based in reality or based in a healthy way. And the same thing with your spiritual uh, self-awareness. I think um, in times past, you were portrayed as a very, very bad person and an evil person if you were not spiritual or religious. And now there seems to be, you know, a, an opposite approach that if you're a person who is a spiritual person, if you're a person who believes in organized religion or some particular sect, that you're either a fundamentalist or you're dangerous or you're against abortion or you're, you know, you want to hurt all people who might be homosexual or different than you or whatever. And I don't know what Paul would say about that. You know, you know, it's, it seems that way sometimes, but nothing could be further from, from the truth and that there are very, very educated and very scientific uh, minds who also uh, in their doctors and astronauts and scientists and other people who are also spiritual people. Uh, I consider myself one of them and the spirituality uh, and the self-awareness of my need for spirituality is uh, it's not based on genies. It's not based on wishful thinking or asking uh, for presents at Christmas or don't send me to hell. You know, those kind of things. Not at all. They're based on an understanding of science, the universe, of people of, of trying to you know, make the world a better place. So that's important. And, and when you want to make the world a better place, you really can change the world one person at a time and, and do good, really good things in life. And the spirituality is a big part of it. What closing words do you have, Paul? Well, my closing words would, I don't know. We, we, we talked about a lot of good things here. And uh, I think anything that I would have as a, a closing word would, has already been covered and I don't want to be, uh, be redundant here uh, other than just that, you know, everything you just said, make it your own, make the world the better place and don't get so hung up on the, the labels and the do's and the don'ts. And, you know, I think you made a good point about back in the day, if, if you weren't spiritual, you were a bad mm -hmm. person. And that is a big one. I think people have to think about that. The world is changing. We're changing. And it's okay for us to change. You know, I contacted a friend I haven't seen in almost 20 years. We used to 
uh, read the Bible. We were kind of in that fundamentalist mm-hmm. thing together. And I kind of moved away from that. And she was very shocked, you know, after all these years that, that I wasn't in that anymore. She was like, man, you, you really change. It's like, I don't know who you are anymore. And I think that happens on a personal level. I think that happens on a social level with, with human beings. We, we get so ingrained in these little thoughts and these little ways that we think things have to be, uh, to be spiritual or to be good. And it becomes very hard for us to change, you know, to not judge gay people, Mm -hmm. to not look down on people who may not have any beliefs at all. Um, but I think that's, that's part of uh, school on planet earth. Can we, if it's all about love, then that's the goal. Can we really learn to accept and love people who are different from ourselves and outside of our little, little box and not be judgmental uh, about them, you know, condemning them to hell or condemning them in our own minds. I think that's a very big test that all of us uh, are facing here on planet earth in the modern day and age. Well, Paul, thank you so much. And I'm going to end it there, uh, but not before, uh, Paul, how can, uh, how can people see your, uh, your broadcasts, uh, whether it be on YouTube or anchor, can you, can you let us know? Yeah. If they, they Google me, if they put in Paul James Caden or the spirit side or the spirit side, Paul James Caden, they, they will find the, um, the podcast, the YouTube channel. I, I just got in the Apple store about last week. Uh, I got the notification that the podcast is in the Apple store. So people can find me on just about all of the available platforms, whether it's Spotify, whether it's uh, all the other uh, crazy names that I don't remember at this mm-hmm. point, but if they Google those things, uh, it, it will show up and they, they should be able to find me. Wonderful. And you've got a whole variety of podcasts. I want to remind people, uh, you know, with uh, world famous authors, uh, things with ufologists, uh, things with scientific folks, um, just just a whole uh, array of things. And, and, and Paul is a writer, uh, a poet, and uh, many other things which you can check on his site. A, a really Renaissance man and, and a wonderful friend, interesting guy. And I so appreciate you being here. And for everybody listening, uh, this is Stan Wangland for Mind, uh, talking about mind, body, and spirit. I hope you're having a nice holiday season. And I, I hope some of these things are useful tips. Um, we can learn all the coping strategies uh, and resilience strategies. Uh, we want, but it's it's also good to have a few in the bag for, on the spiritual side, and uh, we hope to that this provided you with one or two of them. Give me a shout out uh, at s wangland. That's s w a n g l u n d at gmail dot com. Uh, if you have any specific uh, you know things uh, about the show, or you can get me on Twitter at s wangland. I'm also on Facebook. You can check me out there. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. You can leave a message on Anchor anytime you want. And you'll be hearing from Paul and I again very soon. As a, you know. So with that, God bless. Have a nice day. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.